What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. My guest today, he's a return guest, Nick Swikert. How we doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. So uh, I guess a little spoiler for everybody. Uh, you tried to run 100 miles in a row without stopping, right? Correct. Yes, correct. That's in, that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, so, um, yeah, I wanted to get you back on just to talk about, uh, your prep for that. And then, uh, you know, your, your training plan, if any, going into it and then just your experience during and now how you're feeling after. So I got to track a little bit of that just from, you know, the stuff that you were posting, um, but it's uh, I'm sure there's a whole lot more there that, you know, that you didn't convey that you didn't post about. So. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so how did this all start? Where where did this crazy idea come from? Yeah. So it's, it gets even more crazier as we go into how this idea started, because <laughs> you talk about training before and that didn't really happen. So uh, I kind of was just the whole, you know, the we're all kind of hit right now with the whole, all the stuff going on and uh, you know, with the COVID-19 stuff and kind of mm-hmm. being like, and I honestly was kind of in a down, my running wasn't really high up. I, I did run to and from school every day last year because a kid told me I wouldn't. So I did. Um, <laughs> but towards the end of the school year, right before we kind of got shut down for the year as it went to remote learning, um, I kind of was only running to and from school and that was it. So I was getting like four miles a day. Um, but then when this hit, I kind of was also had this, uh, you know, I was so used to being at track practice all the time. And, and that time kind of was like just dealing with the frustrations of everything going on. I started being like, well, uh, just kind of like all of us were like, what, what now? And, and kind of to get my mental release, I was like, you know what? I just need to start running more again. So mm. I did. But that's not what started this whole idea. Uh, I just started running more again just to get in shape and thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get in shape and I'll be ready whenever we can race again. Mm-hmm. Which, as we all know, a lot of races aren't happening right now. So I kind of was getting a little antsy and, and when am I going to race again? And I was on a run and I, I always have wanted to kind of try an ultra. Like by kind of, I mean like it was something I had like a bucket list of maybe later on when my kids are older and I have time to actually run long durations of runs. Yeah. Uh, so there was always that inkling there, but I started asking questions on a run and they, I, they started kind of like, ah, you won't do it. You won't do it. Um, and I was running with Tony Migliozzi, who's, you know, like he's, he's done a decent amount of 50 Ks and, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty good at that distance and he's, but he was on the run with me and he kind of kept poking at me like, oh, you know, you won't do it. You won't, you know, and because he knows when he does that to me, I'll do it. So <laughs> it got into that run. I actually left it and I thought, I'm not, there's no way. I mean, it was a, it was a Thursday. That was like Thursday night. And I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm not doing this. Uh, and, and Zach Marin, who's a pretty good ultra runner kind of in this area. And, and he's done a lot of races and he was on the run too. So I was asking him all kinds of questions, just like, so what do I do for nutrition? And you know, how do people handle this situation? And, mm-hmm. and what pace is a good pace and just random questions like totally naive to what a hundred miles actually entails. Yeah. He, got, he gave me, you know, good answers and 
it's joking looking back at it now because he did the same race I did. He tells me about 20% of the information he gave me was correct, and the other 80% I was supposed to figure out was a lie. So, <laughs> so there were some things in there that were jokes, yeah. but I could, tell, I could tell when they were, so he didn't ever give me back. <laughs> but two days after that, I actually went on a run with Brian Poland, who owns Vertical Runner in Worcester, and he's another kind of ultra guy, and I started asking him questions, and one thing led to another and he was, you know, I was just running with him. We went on a 20 mile run and he kind of was like, this was, I believe like June 20th. So we got a 20 mile run on June 20th and, 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 uh, kind of like, well, giving me some more information. And I feel kind of like, Oh, this would be fun to try sometime. But I was thinking sometime is like sometime in my life, not sometime as like three weeks later, but <laughs> yeah, so it was a little, so, so he gave me some stuff and then, and then, then I get home and my phone, they started like a group chat and in this group chat, you know, it's me, Zach, Tony and Brian. And it kind of became this, like, I bet Nick won't do it. And then I had all the excuses built in on why I couldn't do it that July 11th. I'm not going to be, you know, Oh, they closed registration, which they did for a brief moment, but then they got permission to raise it up a little bit. So every excuse I had, they had an answer to. Um, so I, next thing I know, I think it was that day they, I, I registered. I think it was June 20th that that I went on a run that morning, and by that evening, it was enough razzing me to do it that I said, "All right, well, let's try it." And uh, I I told my wife, and she was like, "Well, there's only one rule: don't die." So, because <laughs> once she knew I signed up, she knew I was gonna at least a, a try to do it. So uh-huh. you got June 20th to July 11th. So. Uh, I think June 20th, I ran 20 miles. June 21st, I said, well, I better go back out for another 20 the next day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I, I ran 20 miles again today, and that was the start of the, the train. I, I asked Tony and Zach where they were running the next day, and I ran 20 miles with them. So I went back-to-back 20s that that uh, to get me ready. But I went from running about uh, – well, see, I had a kid. So when, the, when she was born, uh, I took a uh, – you know, we had our fourth child. So mm-hmm. she's – old now when she was born i took a little down week again and then i was like i'll just build myself back up to like 70 miles a week Uh, so i think i had like three weeks of training that were above like 70 miles so it was kind of i did like a i think like a 90 mile week 110 mile week and then like an 80 or like another 90 mile week and then i started like dropping already again so the week i decided to do it i I hit 90 then the next week i did like 110 then the next week like 90 then 80 so i think i had like four weeks of training in when I did it towards it three to four weeks. Yeah. Uh, not nearly enough time to get ready for doing what I did. <laughs> Try, tried to do that is. So what so, yeah. had been your longest race before this? Oh, a marathon. So when I hit 26.3, it was my new longest run ever. So <laughs> that, that was the running joke. as soon as I hit 26.3, I said, well, I got a new long, new longest run. Uh, I'm so, a quarter yeah. of the way done. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and, uh, yeah, I had never done anything. So I hadn't even done like a 50 K 50 mile, nothing. I went straight for the whole thing. And that, that was kind of like a joke too. I said, well, I don't know. I have no real idea how this feels. So let's just go, go for it and, and, and figure out and, and attempt to do the whole thing. Uh, which was a little bit more, I wouldn't say it was more difficult than I thought. It's just a different, a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a totally different experience and, and, uh, I'm definitely glad I did it and, I'm, and I have no regrets doing it the way I, I did off of only that amount of training. It's just, mm-hmm. if anyone asks me 
what to do different next time. It's probably put a little bit more training into it and, and uh, ramp it up a little bit more. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, if you can like chunk the race into bits and pieces, like how, how did, how did it feel, you know, when you first started versus, you know, halfway through or, you know, break it, break it down for us a little bit. So yeah, it's definitely a, a totally different experience. Some of the jokes they were telling me was don't forget to do your warm up, you know, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you know, and I kept, I, mean, I played along with it too. I was like, well, normally for like a 5k, I'd probably warm up two miles. So since this is like a bunch of 5ks, I probably should at least put a 20 mile warm up in, right? <laughs> but it's, it's totally different. Cause you literally just walked the line. Uh, we did start a little different cause it, cause of the, uh, the COVID-19 stuff, we had to start in like groups of three that were six feet apart. And every minute a group of three started where normally you'd start all together. Mm-hmm. So that did experience a little bit different. Um, I started in the front group and you start and they're like, ready, set, go. And you cross the start line and you start at like 740 pace. So it's like, you know, uh, it's a totally different experience for me because that's not even how I normally start like an easy everyday run. So mm-hmm. I'm starting conservative, conservative, but it feels so weird. And it was dark when we started, so you kind of needed a light. They, you know, most people had headlamps because they're all experienced, uh, you know, ultra guys. But I had a, uh, I used to, have, I had these knuckle lights I used to run to and from school, and I found them, and, and one of them was broke, so I took the broken one with me and kept it until I didn't need it. I just, just threw it in the trash can. So mm-hmm. uh, a little different starting experience. You're starting in the dark. You're, you're jumping on. We jumped on a towpath trail right away, basically through a, through a parking lot. We jumped onto it and we went. But you're starting at like this easy pace, and so you're kind of just, you know, I started with. Um, Arlen Glick, who ends up who ended up winning it, and Sam Skeels, who's, who's done it. Both of them are pretty, you know, veteran, ultra guys and, and super nice guys. So, you know, conversations were good at the start. I gained as much experience just talking to them as I did actually doing the race too, just asking stuff. I mean, scared mm-hmm. to ask. Yeah. So I asked them questions, but you're starting at a conversational pace and you're just kind of going, and it, it just seems like a normal everyday easy run, not like you're going, you're actually going to run 100 miles. <laughs> what was the uh, course like, by the way? It was all on the towpath trail, basically, so super flat. You ran basically from Akron down to Navarre, Ohio, did a hairpin turn, ran back up to towards where you started, which I didn't quite make it back to there, and then you go up north a little bit and then come back down flat. Um, that's the reason I was willing to try it. It's paths I run all the time. It's in the area that I train. It's It, it was an opportunity to experience it at home, and, and my kids, you know, I told my wife, don't, like, try to, like, follow me around or anything, but it ran – 10 minutes from my house. So they ran to that, they drove to that point. Mm. Um, I saw my wife and kids at 10 mile or, you know, 10 minutes from my house at about mile 33. I want to say I saw them mm-hmm. and I was feeling pretty good then. So they got to see a, an excited dad instead of <laughs> one like he was near death, but so, that, <laughs> so I was still feeling good then, but it's a, it's a different experience because about mile, I want to say 18 miles in, uh, you know, I was running with Arlen still and he stopped to use the restroom. Uh, and then I kind of got, I was by myself and I don't run well by myself. So I started picking it up probably a little too aggressively, <laughs> um, probably bad at mile 18 of a hundred miles, but I was kind of cruising and I was feeling really good. And I, I, I had in my mind what I wanted to accomplish and what I wanted to do. And, uh, I, my belief was, and it's the way I run and everything. So did it for a hundred mile or two is, is go for broke. So I went, went for it and 
started dropping sometimes that probably most people would label as aggressive for a hundred miles. And I thought, you know what? Like once I started clicking them and I looked at my watch, I stopped looking at my watch at one point cause I just didn't even want to know how far I'd run. Like it just at, at about mile 30, I was like, I'm done looking at the watch cause I got 70 miles to go and I'm not going to like look at it like every mile to see what I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. so a couple miles got away from me when I wasn't even looking at my watch and I had no idea. I looked back later and saw like a 648 in there and I thought, <laughs> what was I doing? So, <laughs> but I was, I mean, I was so naive at one point in time. I thought I literally looked at my watch and time of day and I thought, well, we started at 5 AM. I think I could maybe be done by 5 PM. That'd be pretty good. I still have the rest, you know, still have some of the day left and uh, not realizing that that'd be like the first time I believe an American's ever run under 12 hours. I had no idea. <laughs> no, I had no idea what I was doing. I just was like, Cool. I think I can I can finish this in under 12 hours and I can be back at where we started eating dinner, sitting down like I knew I was going to go through pain and it was going to hurt. But I just thought, man, the faster I can get this thing done, the faster it's just done. You know, so mm-hmm. I just on and a lot of things were learning experiences on how to handle aid stations. I had a great crew. Um, that was the other thing I was worried about, whether I have a crew or not, what that looks like, what to drink, um, you know, things like that, that you don't know until you try it just running with a handheld. I mean, I ran with a handheld the whole time. Well, I've, I've never done that before in my life, you know? So that was like a different experience finding the right one that I liked mm-hmm. all in a three week period of time. So it was kind of learning on the fly, but I typed out a whole report on aid stations and what I needed them to kind of look like. And literally I just kind of exchanged water bottles at every one. And I had two handhelds and they just refilled them and we, we just kept exchanging and, and I kept going. I mean, I didn't, I didn't stop running. I just was like, I'm, you know, I'm just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And a couple times I stopped and put on like, you know, like biofreeze and, and stuff like that just to kind of loose, keep the muscles loose. But mm-hmm. I was, I was feeling great through, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I, I got through the marathon. I was like, this is awesome. I got through 33 miles. You know, I, I hit a couple spots where I was like, just kind of, it got monotonous being by myself for 30 miles. But yeah. at, mile, at mile 50, you get a pacer that can jump in with you. So I thought if I can just, I kept like getting, just get to the next point in this race, get to the next aid station, get to the next. Uh, point and in, 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 uh, different things I was going to take at different aid stations so I think okay get to the next one I get this you know so I kind of kept it so I big thing was get to mile 50 if I get to mile 50 and I feel good um so I felt I felt good going into mile 50 I, I told my crew right before the aid station before mile 50 the one before I said I'm going to do a complete wardrobe change at mile 50 mm-hmm. I said my clothes are starting to bother me a little bit so I'm going to put some compression tights on and you had it my shorts had my number on it so I said I'll just put these shorts on right back over it's getting kind of hot I want to change to a tank top mm-hmm. and it's like I need to change my socks and my shoes because I was starting to get a blister so I was like I'll just change everything mm-hmm. so that mile, that mile might have been the most impressive mile because of their help but I I got a 10 minute mile in while changing my full wardrobe so <laughs> I I did a full outfit change and ran a mile in 10 minutes because I was I was hauling to get to there so I could change real quick but probably the best part of the whole race was when I got there, I, I needed to put on, I used squirrels nut butter to kind of help with the chafing on my feet. So I need to put it on. So I, when I went to change my socks, I went to put it on and it just instantly melted into a liquid as soon as it hit my feet. Like that's how hot my feet were. So I was just like, <laughs> wow. no, like it hit my feet. And you know, one of the guys was, that was helping crew. Uh, he looks at it and he's like, he's like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> on my feet. like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, it just melted. And so <laughs> it went from like a solid, it looks like a deodorant stick. There was a liquid on my foot and instantly. Wow. And I was like, that's how hot my feet are. So I did the whole wardrobe change though and, and kind of started back in. And then I, 
then it got kind of warm and that's where I kind of probably made some mistakes was not planning for the warmth as much maybe, but I had like, um, some of the, uh, like the gators that everyone's wearing nowadays. I had like some cool ones, like, uh, mm-hmm. supposedly cool you down. So I put those were on ice and I had a hat, a couple hats in ice and they were changing those for me every station and I was putting them back on. But there's a couple pictures around mile like 60 where it looked like I'm about to die. And that's, that's kind of where it started. So mm-hmm. I through mile 50. I felt great. I was like, this is awesome. I was drinking plenty of fluids. Uh, I thought, you know, and I was drinking, mm-hmm tailwind which i didn't know what it was until i started running ultras like you know so in the last three weeks i figured out what tailwind was and mm-hmm. and um i was i was pretty hydrated i was stopping to have to go to the bathroom so i felt good about it but mile about mile 40 to miles till i till i dropped at 64 i didn't go to the bathroom at all in those 24 miles so that was getting a little bit like okay i'm drinking plenty but i'm not feeling like i gotta go to the bathroom so i started kind of being like oh maybe i should drink more but i was I was drinking the whole bottle they were giving me, so I thought I'm doing pretty good. But mm-hmm. it, uh, but I mean, I was, I, I mean, to put it all in perspective, I think I started consistently dropping like seven oh miles uh, from about mile 35 to 50 without the ones that I stopped at. I was running like 740 miles and still stopping, trading water bottles and like rubbing biofreeze on and still dropping a 740. So that was kind of a wow. little like, uh oh, I might be going too fast, but I was not paying attention. I was yeah. just going. And, uh, and it was kind of cool. You get to see like where, like that my crew would stay back and they would kind of get me at the next aid station and say, Hey, at the last aid station, you were this far ahead of, um, the people, but you also had to keep in perspective, like you started in waves. So I remember mm-hmm. one of them, I'm like, how far ahead am I of the next two? And they're like, you're about a minute and a half ahead. I said, well, how far behind me did they start? Well, about two minutes. So I'm like, well, technically they're beating me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you probably shouldn't get so consumed in racing a hundred mile race at 30 miles, 30 miles in, you probably shouldn't be too concerned about who is where, but I, yeah. you know, I, I didn't know any different. I'm, I'm used to racing. So I was like, well, I got to pull ahead a little bit more. So I did. <laughs> so probably not the wisest move, but, uh, about mile 60, I started just, I lost it. So I kind of got at that point, I think I was running about seven or I'd averaged about seven twenty five per mile through about right around 60 miles so wow i was i was feeling pretty good um i felt good about what i was going to do i i literally i think i made the mistake of saying something stupid to my pacer like i probably could walk the rest of this and still finish in an okay time (laughs) (sighs) the karma got me right after that so yep (laughs) that probably wasn't the best statement to say because i was about to have to walk the rest of the time but mile 60 i started getting really dizzy and I'd, I, I felt like I, my stomach didn't like hurt. It wasn't like upset, but I felt like I needed to, to, to puke, but it wasn't like my stomach was upset. I just felt like my body was just like rejecting whatever I was trying to drink. So I just felt mm-hmm. like I'd drink something. I'd be kind of like, Ugh. but it wasn't like upset stomach. Like I'm going to hit the porta john or anything. It was just like, yeah. I feel like I need to vomit. So I'd like stop to think I was going to maybe puke. And then I'd go back up to run and I would like feel super dizzy and like run probably like a crooked line trying to get mm-hmm. back onto the path. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I kind of started being like, okay, this might not be my day. Like mm-hmm. I was like I trying. So then I was doing like a walk jog when I was running, I was still running like seven thirty to eight minute pace, but the problem would be I'd like stop for a little bit and stop for like a minute to kind of compose myself. And then I'd start running again. And that happened for about four miles. I just kept going. I went past the aid station at mile 64 and I was going to just keep trying to walk, run, walk, run. I said, I got to go back. I said, I just, I just need to go back to the bathroom. I felt like someone like stabbed me in my kidney with a knife. Like it was not a pleasant feeling. It kind of worried mm-hmm. me a little 
I wasn't like, I just thought maybe this is how it feels when you tank in an ultra. So <laughs> uh, I wasn't like overly concerned, but I kept hearing in the back of my mind, my wife said, don't die. And I really don't want to go to the hospital. So mm-hmm. uh, I kind of went back to the aid station, went to the portage on there and it, it wasn't, didn't look right. So I kind of thought, yeah, let's, let's hold on here for a second. And then I kind of, they set me in a chair in the shade for a second and I couldn't even really get back up out of the chair. So I kind of was like, guys, I don't think my body can do anymore. And they kind of were like, well, you can, you know, you can maybe try to walk jog. And so that's going to take forever. Like I was like, <laughs> I'm dehydrated now. I said, I don't think I can catch up. Like I, I, I said, I messed up. I, I got myself in a hole and mm-hmm. I didn't know. And I, at that age station, I was like trying to drink like Sprite. I had tried Coke. I tried to get, cause like that would settle my stomach, but I was just trying to drink it different fluids but mm-hmm. I, and I don't know how it caught me so quick but it did and I just kind of knew I was I mean my body was done I mean if you want to have if, if anyone wants to have fun there's, I hope someone's got a video somewhere of what my life looked like for the next like 12 hours after that because it was like <laughs> my wife my wife told me she didn't want me to drive home uh she called me and was making sure I was all right and they all agreed I probably shouldn't drive home because I could barely walk but I thought mm-hmm. I should drive they didn't let me drive home. I was like the grumpy old man, like I can drive. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> but they didn't let me, they drove my car back and then, but I couldn't even get into the truck because the, you know, um, one of the guys that was crewing for me, he has a truck and he had driven. And like I said, I, I wouldn't even made it as far as I did without my crew. Like, you know, they didn't, mm-hmm. know, it's all local runners that kind of, you know, three local runners that kind of encouraged it. And so that was, yeah. I mean, getting the, getting in and out of his truck, was almost like impossible like my legs just hurt so bad i'm pulling myself out wow it's rough because i wanted to keep i really wanted to keep going but i just didn't i mean i just couldn't it, that's my first you know that's like career number one dnf so i wasn't too happy about it so <laughs> i was trying to, i was trying to keep fighting it but i was like, you know what this is a, this is a different ball game i got 36 miles to go like i yeah. just I didn't know if I could do it and I had never run one before. And I didn't realize that a lot of people are going to start hitting a point here soon where they're going to struggle too. But looking back at the race, now I see like what it really looks like. Like some of those other guys had like miles where they sat down and, and, and waited it for a little bit, a little bit farther up, you know, they had experience and, and they mm-hmm. kind of, so I kind of got a better idea of what it looks like to, you might hit a wall, but you might, you might be able to fight through it enough that you can still stay in, in contention to, to still try to win the thing. But Mm-hmm. It, being naive i did a couple things different than what most people might but i mean it was a, it that's basically sonat the the summary of what 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 64 miles looks like shoot well there's no there's no how to book right i mean that's just i, don't, I think yeah. i think there's a rite of passage where you just got to figure it out by doing it Oh, for sure. Yeah. Experience is, you know, nothing is better than the experience of actually trying it and doing it. And, and I've had multiple people ask me like, Oh, would you do it differently if you did it again? And I said, absolutely not. Like, there's no way, like I did it the way that I know how, and I mm-hmm. learned the lessons I need to learn and I wouldn't change a thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I already signed up for the next one. I mean, there was no doubt that day I started looking up when's the next attempt. I mean, that's, I mean, it hurt really bad. I was on the couch for 12 hours. I couldn't even get on and off the couch really unless I really had to go to the bathroom. And then it was pulling myself off. And it, the legs were just done. I couldn't go up and down stairs for like three days. I just had to pull myself up with the rail. Yeah. I mean, I was I ran two days later, but I didn't, you know. <laughs> I couldn't walk up and down the steps. 
I could I could shuffle out there enough to get my legs moving again. But uh-huh. yeah, right. Away, first thought was, well, where's the next one I can do this because I got to I got to try again. And and people ask, well, are you gonna do anything differently next time? Well, I, I'll have more experience and I'll probably train differently, but I probably won't mm-hmm. race too much of it uh, too much of a different style because that's just how I. I run, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it again. And, and hopefully this time I make it longer and hopefully this time I make it the whole way, but I'm not going to go out. And I guess my style will never be just go out just to, just to hope to finish it. It's going to be, let's go out and let, let's, let's see how far I can actually push my body. Yeah. Um, you want to win. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. It's just, just competitiveness. And, and then mm-hmm. I've already talked to people. I don't, I don't want to, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it you're going to go all in and you're going to give it everything you got. And I'm going to do it the same way every time. So just mm-hmm. hopes a little more training, a little bit more intelligence. And now I'll be able to hold on to that. What I was doing for a little bit longer. And like I told someone yesterday, I said, I'd rather make it to the next one, make it to 80 miles, doing it the same way I did. And then know, all right, I got to train a little harder and try to make it the 20 more miles I got. Then mm-hmm. just finish it and be like, okay, I did it. I, everyone's different. You know, that's the beauty of running is some people are doing it just to finish. And that's great. And I respect that because I didn't finish, you know, I have to respect that. And that's a yep. respect. And I admire anyone who even gets to the line to try to do something that I did, but you know, my style is not going to probably ever fit someone else's style. And that's just the, the differences of running. And that's the beauty of running. Cause you can, everyone's trying to accomplish different things in different ways. And it gives everyone a chance to do something that they have a passion for. For sure. So how far apart were these aid stations? Uh, they have a pretty, pretty, uh, it d- differs a little bit, but I'd say pretty consistently you're talking about five miles. There was a couple times where it was eight miles mm-hmm. and those ones are probably where I made a mistake. I probably should have taken two bottles with me because I was probably drinking a bottle about a, I think it was about 18 fluid ounce bottle with tailwind in it every four miles ish. I was getting it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the eight miles ones, I probably should have taken two bottles with me looking back, and that probably would have given me a better chance because that happened twice where there's about eight miles. But again, I didn't like study it close enough. I just knew where the aid stations were. I had given that to my my crew and told them like this is what I need at each aid station. But mm-hmm. I didn't take enough time to really look at the distances between them. And had I done that, I might have planned things a little differently. But again, experience is the you know the best way to learn that now i know let's look at the aid station distances a little bit and not assume they're all like oh roughly five miles no big deal like that's right. kind of how it's, uh but they were roughly about five miles apart gotcha so were did you have any uh sort of like calorie goal per hour that you had set or was it kind of just like as long as i'm drinking you know, consistently I got my tailwind. So with tailwind, you're getting your carbohydrate, you're getting some electrolytes. Like as long as you were focusing on getting that in, like what, what did that look like on, on the front end versus how it played out during the race? Yeah. So everyone told me it gets about 200 to 300 calories per hour, as long as you can tolerate it. So I started, and and some people don't do it this way. I started right away with a a bottle of tailwind in my hand and Mm -hmm. that was done by aid station one, which was about five miles in. And, you know, those, that's roughly getting me my 250 calories, like in that bottle. So I thought if I can just keep getting these every aid station, I'll be good. Uh, I didn't want to take too much solid food because solid food's going to increase the risk of me having to go hit the portage on it. Again, I was trying to run the whole thing. So I didn't want to hit the portage on at all unless it was an absolute. So, Mm -hmm. um, so the tailwind was my main source. I was just going to drink that the whole time. I had given them variety packs and just said, hey, mix up the flavors. Don't hit the caffeine ones till later. And mm-hmm. they didn't have 
they did all that perfectly. But I also had in the in the handheld pouch every single time I told them make sure there's a a, a goo liquid one, which was like the newer ones. But I liked it because it was like just it was like basically liquid, but it has 100 calories. So, mm-hmm. so make sure there's one of those, and every time you, even if I didn't drink it, just leave the same one in. If it's in, if it's gone, refill with a new one, and we'll just keep trading. And I had like the the uh, Cliff shot blocks like mm-hmm. in there. So a couple times. Uh, as I got into the race, I started knowing, okay, especially those eight mile stretches during those eight mile stretches, both times I kind of, I took the goo liquid and I took the clip box, the shot box and, and ate those in those times. Cause I was like, this is a longer stretch, mm-hmm. which I was in the race and I already drank the bottle. So I was like, I took those just to make sure I was still getting calories. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to get two to 300 calories an hour. Um, it was basically going to work out the way if I, if I just drank tailwind, it was going to be really close, but I did supplement it a little bit with the, uh, you know, some of those goo liquids and some of the shot blocks just to make sure I was getting, uh, more calories. And, and that seemed to be working. I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't really think that that was too much of an issue. I mean, if mm-hmm. I'm honest, the biggest issue is signing up for it three weeks before, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like that, uh, usually like the upper limit for most individuals is about 250 calories from carbohydrate per hour. So it doesn't sound like you were, you know, going way, way over. And if you go way, way over, you're going to risk gastrointestinal distress because it's just going to sit in your stomach. And then, you know, you're, you're shunting blood away from the muscles. Cause now you've got to spend more energy on digestion and that can become an issue. So it doesn't sound like that was, you know, the limiting factor here, which is good. Um, so it sounds like you said it's just three weeks beforehand, you're just, you know, going to run a hundred miles. <laughs> the nutrition stuff was, it, I had to play with it a little bit for the weeks leading into it. Cause I had a, I had used like accelerate previously, mm-hmm. um, for like some half, my half marathons and marathons. And that wasn't too bad. But when I tried it for like doing like some of these long runs back to back, it was too heavy. It just sat in mm-hmm. my stomach. Um, but I've already started playing with nutrition stuff again. Um, there's a company based out of Cincinnati called infinite that I tried re- just, mm-hmm. just started back this week. And then it's got, cause I need, I want it to be like light, but still have the calories I need. Like I don't want it to be a heavy drink. So, mm-hmm. and I'm big on, I, I believe it. I mean, I think a lot of these people are trying to, is, is to try to as best as I can to just get as much as I can just from the drink. Like a lot of these drinks are advertising now, like you don't need, sodium tablets that was my other issue i was worried i was gonna take in too much sodium i was gonna swell too much and mm-hmm. i started a little i did swell a little um, i had to like loosen my watch strap a couple times because it was getting too tight uh mm-hmm. I, my sock my shoes got a little tight i lost a couple toenails because i think i was probably swelling a little on my feet but mm-hmm. so i was trying to you gotta balance all that because tailwind's pretty high in sodium so it might be a little too high. So I'm trying to play around with that a little bit, find that. But I think the optimal thing is in order to just keep running is to see how much you can do with just liquid and then supplement it with a little bit of gels and, and no solid food if possible. Because if you, I mean, my goal is just to keep running as fast as I can for a hundred miles and not, you know, if I was trying to just finish, I'd, you also got to think the longer you're out there, the, the more you're going to need. So the quicker you can run, the less you're going to need. So, yeah. One of the, one of the things that, uh, so there's this, there's this lady, she's like a, a very, very well-known expert in the world of endurance hydration and specifically female endurance hydration. And she, her perspective is get all your calories from solid food, get all your hydration 
your electrolytes from liquid. And that's how she, that's how she does things. And she thinks that's the best way to do it. And then I know people who have finished top 100 in the world in the Ironman. And they're like, I don't want to eat anything. And I'm only going to use what they have available on the course, which is going to be Gatorade Endurance and maybe some Goo Packs. And they're just as successful as somebody who's doing, you know, this this other setup where they're only getting their calories from food. So at the end of the day, I think the people who tend to want to just finish are probably going to have more success where they can take their time, they can eat their calories, they can, you know, they can do all that. If your goal is to throw down some fast times, uh, you got to you got to just deal with what you have sometimes and sometimes that means you know you can't wait for digestion you can't wait for your body to have to deal with that like i need some calories right now and maybe it's not the optimal ratio of protein and fat and carbohydrates like i just need some high intensity fuel i need some some sugar and that's what's going to get me through this next mile to my next aid station where i can you know re up and do the same thing again so um, I'm, I'm planning on getting in, uh, within the next few weeks, some experts who, I think I sent you a couple of the studies. Um, yep, I think, yeah. so I've got this lady, uh, Dr. Uh, Jill Parnell. Um, she developed along with her research colleagues, they developed a questionnaire to figure out for en- endurance runners, ultra endurance runners, um, it's like a questionnaire to figure out what types of food ca- uh, cause gastrointestinal distress. And then they use that questionnaire to figure out, you know, all of these um, basically like data groups, like figure out like the differences between uh, men and women and the differences between uh, elite athletes and more weekend warrior type athletes or the differences between uh, shorter length competitions and longer competitions. So I'm really excited to have her on. Um, we're going to be scheduling that and get, getting that done in the near future. And then I've got another, uh, I've got a couple more that are, that are all related that I'm really excited to do. Cause it, it all just time-wise, I didn't plan it out. It just kind of all happened that like, it's, it's all happening right now. And I was like, man, it would be awesome to get Nick on to talk about this. And then, you know, have these researchers come on and kind of share what they have. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm pumped about it. It's, it's all coming together at the perfect time. So hopefully I'll get some good information from that and maybe some of that will be helpful for you going forward. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah, definitely. No, I I agree. I think that my big thing is when I'm running it too, I said, I wanted to keep it simple. So the, the simplicity of just, it's all in a liquid, just hand me this. I know what I'm taking. I know what I'm getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, I can just keep running and I'm not thinking about my nutrition. Like, I don't want to think about that, I guess. My thought was I want to think about just running to the next aid station. Just give me the, the fluids and I'll just drink them. Mm-hmm. But I could, see, I, mean, I could see the benefits both ways. I think it comes down to a lot of people are going to be different. It's just like when people talk about what's your, what's your pre-race meal. And if I tell people my pre-race meal, they would think that I, there's no way he can run fast because no one that runs fast and not that I run that fast anymore, but no one that runs that, you know, even faster ish times would eat what I eat. And so my pre-race meal for 
when I started running faster in college, John's basically been like, all right, I'll eat two pop tarts and a cup of coffee. And I just like, <laughs> I've never had, a, I've never had any stomach issues when I do that. I've never uh-huh. had, it's just like, I'm good to go. And I, and I know, and it gets me a lot of carbohydrate, simple carbs quick in the morning. And it's like, good to go. I mean, it, and I've never had like, oh my gosh, this was a terrible idea where I used to have the Oh, bagel with peanut butter that everyone swears by. And I always had stomach problems. Always like mm. peanut butter was too much for me in the morning. So I can't even have peanut butter in the morning. So I was like, why do I keep doing this if I'm having issues? So I just had an athlete ask me recently, like, well, what do you do before? What do you eat before a race? And I said, well, you probably don't want to know, but this is what it is. And so I said, it's kind of to each their own. Like you find what works and you stick with it. Don't always try to, we try to, you know, too often we try to replic- replicate what someone else is doing. And even when it doesn't mm-hmm. work for us, it's like, well, there must be something wrong with us because it's, this isn't working, but it works for such and such. Well, maybe this, mm-hmm. this doesn't work, work for you. So I think a lot of times in athletics, we, especially younger kids that can be molded easily, they see what LeBron James does, or they see what the other runner at this race does. And they think, oh, well, I saw him or her warming up for this amount of time. And the last part of their warm up was a dead sprint and, and they beat me today. So I got to do exactly what they did. And, mm-hmm. and that also, one of my big downfalls, my senior year of high school was, um, I heard a rumor and, and I still to this day don't know if it's true or not. We could probably ask him at some point in time, but when I was in high school, I was, you know, geared up towards the end of the season. I heard a rumor that Levi Fox is running 20 mile runs on Sunday. So yeah. you want to, you better believe what I did the next like four Sundays. I ran uh-huh. 20 mile. Runs. So, uh, I ended up being iron deficient and having all kinds of problems at the end of my senior season because I thought, well, I heard such and such is running 20 miles a week. So I better do 20 miles a week because or 20 miles on Sunday, because that's what he's doing on Sundays. And, and if at the end of the season, I want to beat him, the old, you know, mantra is do what they do or do what they do and one up it, you know, you got to work harder than they work and, mm-hmm. and distance and endurance sports. I don't, that's not always necessarily the, the, the truth doesn't always lie in what someone else is doing, or you have to outwork someone else. It's, you have to find out what you do well and, and stick with that. But yeah, I was, I was actually thinking when you started talking about your, uh, your pre-race meal, I was thinking about, uh, I think conversations that we had had when we were doing uh, J.O. cross country about Levi Fox's breakfast, his pre-race yeah. breakfast. And I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but for some reason I, I thought of that. It was some like some unique cereal and like he had it every time at a certain time, like exactly two hours before. I don't remember, but it was like very, very, there was a protocol involved. It wasn't, it was exactly the same. And I was like, man, I don't do that. I just kind of like go with it. Yeah. Hey, mom, what's for breakfast? You know, maybe it's maybe it's bacon and eggs. Maybe it's cereal. Maybe it's in high school. It kind of it was whatever. And then 45 minutes to an hour beforehand, I'd either have like a power bar or, um, you know, like granola bar or something like that. And then I never had I never had any any GI issues at all maybe I wasn't running far enough for that to be a thing but um it's crazy man like in college it was it was kind of the same like if we were traveling for a meet you know whatever the hotel had for breakfast I'd stick with stuff that was pretty bland bagel uh a banana um you know it was it was carb heavy and then that was it. But there was a there was a dude on our team who um, he couldn't eat within four hours of racing. So he would wake up like if we had an 8 a.m. race, he would get up at four and he would eat something and then he'd go back to sleep for two hours and then wake up and 
or whatever. Like, but if he had anything to eat within that four hour window, he was going to be sick during the race. And I just, I could not believe it. I couldn't understand it. I, was like, I just ate 45 minutes ago and I feel fine. So, yeah. Well, everyone's definitely different. I mean, I tell people all the time that the night before I ran my 5k PR uh, for dinner, I ate a bag of Halloween candy and that's, so I didn't know. I, I just kind of had kind of like, yeah, whatever. This is a post after season 5k we're going to run. So I don't really, I'm not too concerned about it. And I, I literally just couldn't get anything for dinner because I was working and there was a bag of Halloween candy in the back. So I ate that for dinner and then went home and went to bed and <laughs> of it. So I think a lot of it's mental though, too, is what I tell the kids a lot of times too. Like don't overthink things. Don't get mm. yourself worked up. I used to be such a routine person and then everything wanted to be to a T kind of like you're talking about the, the pre-race meal had to be this and at this time and all this. And then actually it was like in my sophomore year in college, we were going out to California for nationals and, the, and they, my bag didn't go to California, it went to Hawaii. So all my stuff ended wow. up in Hawaii. And I kind of threw off my, my whole routine. I was there with just my carry-on bag with no uniform. I had to borrow someone else's uniform. I had to go buy a new pair of spikes to run um, in the 1500 prelims. And I was like, there's, I literally walked the line going, the way this weekend's gone, there's no way I'm running well. And then I ran my 1500 PR and thought, well, you know what? Maybe I'm putting too much value into everything having to be perfect and everything has to be routine. And from there, I kind of just you know, go with the flow a little bit more. I mean, you want things to be optimal, but just like in life, you know, running's the same way. A lot of times you're not going to get your optimal situation and how can you handle it? Um, can you be resilient? Can you persevere through some difficult times? And mm. I think sometimes as runners, and I think that was kind of my mission with this whole, this whole run and how can I handle it? And did I finish? No. And was I upset? I didn't finish. Yes. But at the same time, like, how, how I respond to this is, is hopefully an example to other people. Like the first thing I did is when's my next attempt, you know, too often in life we see like, Oh, I failed. I didn't accomplish the goal. And so I must not be good at this or I'm not made out for this, or this is too hard. I'm, you know, I can't handle, you know, it, I'm, it's not my skill set or it's not what I'm good at. Instead, you know, we don't see that the, maybe that's the lessons can be learned in the, in the difficult times and get back up and try again. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not defeat, you know, it's, it's, it's another opportunity to do something, again and and i kind of said before before the race i told a lot of people i wanted to be kind of like an inspiration to people in a sense of but i didn't want it to be the cliche that oh if he can do this um i can do it too and it, it's kind of funny because it turns out i can't do it so i didn't do it <laughs> so i guess i, I ate my own words there because it uh -huh. wasn't inspiration in the sense of he can do it i can do it too because i didn't do it i didn't accomplish it so i said i didn't want it to be that i want to be more an inspiration like i've always wanted to try this so i'm going to kind of go give it a go and I hope that someone takes that from it. Like I didn't, I didn't accomplish it. I, I failed, you know, and, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. you know, and the the first thing was though, how do I get back up and do this again? Mm -hmm. I guess ultra running kind of interests me too. Cause I think it's the closest thing I can get as a runner to kind of a boxing match. You know, you're kind of getting, you're going to get beat down, but how many punches can you take before you're knocked out? And mm -hmm. I guess I took six, about 64 miles worth of punches and then I was done. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta live to fight another fight. So we're going to give it another go. And, and you know, plan it. And I got some people going with me and, and it's kind of cool. I've kind of made some, you know, some buddies and some friends just kind of through this ultra thing and just getting to know some ultra other ultra people. And they've given me some good advice. And it kind of, I guess a while back, I said, I wanted to find a way to get back involved in kind of the running community and contribute to the running community. And this has kind of a, been the opportunity that presented itself right now. So I'm really grateful for that. And just learning a lot. I mean, it's fun. It's really fun. I mean, it can't mm -hmm. just because you don't do it successfully doesn't mean it can't be fun. You know, we got to keep, keep doing stuff. That's 
gets you kind of waking up in the morning and gets that heart beating and gets you going and you kind of get passionate about. So it's kind of a, just a, been a unique and a fun experience and I've only been doing it for like a month. So I can't wait to see what else can possibly happen. For sure. So what is, uh, what's the next race? What's the uh, tentative plan? So right now we, uh, I'm looking to go to Tunnel Hill. It's in Southern Illinois. It's a hundred miler in November. So hopefully the weather will be a little bit nicer, but we also could possibly be getting snowed on, I guess. So you can't count mm. on count on anything it'll probably get a little colder but it's in november um you know we're, we're a couple of us that just did the the canal corridor one we're, we're going out to that one um you know I, I've, I've you know reeled a couple other people into possibly be you know trying this hundred and um you know i i got tony migliozzi who was crewing for me then this last one he, he's gonna go with me and we're we're gonna you know go after it together and see what see what we can do we already started kind of training together i mean we've trained together before but mm-hmm. you know, just just see what the opportunity presents itself i mean uh, i i totally respect the 100 mile distance now i got a lot of respect for it but at the same time i'm, re- I'm ready to conquer it and i don't want to just kind of take it down lightly i want to just kind of hammer it down like i i owe the 100 miler a nice you know a nice punch back from that last battle so for sure I, again i'm i'm going to i'm going to go out aggressively and it and someone's probably going to call me stupid again and it's going <laughs> to hurt going to hurt really bad and I'm going to do something that I'll probably learn another lesson from. But I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I really just don't know any other way to do it other than to go all in and, and go for, go for broke uh, mm-hmm. and, and train harder this time. I mean, that gives me, gives me three, you know, a hundred and I don't know what it was, about 115 days of training or something like that. 120, mm-hmm. around 120 days of training. So that's a lot different than 21 or whatever it was last time. So it'll give me a, a, a better shot at it, but you got to have a successful block of training and injury free. And mm-hmm. I'm learning kinds of different tricks of the trade on recovering from putting in some high mileage again. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have high mileage in since I guess right after college a little bit. So it's a different, different training. You know, I got to get really as efficient as I can at a certain pace. That's not necessarily a race pace, but it is a race pace. It's your hundred mile race pace, but it's what normally you'd consider probably a recovery run for me. Mm-hmm. Now also I got just super efficient at that pace for long durations and hit up weekends of back to back long runs. And, but yeah, we're going to go to tunnel Hill and it's November 14th. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm just nice. looking forward to another opportunity to kind of, like I said, throw a punch back at the hundred mile distance and see what can happen. And, hoping to do something, something a little bit more than last time and we'll see what happens. But life, life, uh, life's a learning experience in itself. So this is just another opportunity to learn something. For sure. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I was really happy to hear that, uh, you weren't done. Like I was, I was shocked when I, when I saw that you were doing it, I was like, Oh my gosh, like a hundred miles. Like, is this for real? Like, why why would anyone why would anyone do this but why would nick do this uh but (laughs) then uh you know seeing that you know you 64 miles like in what what was your average like 740 730 well i think when i actually like so i was i think i was running 735 pace when i officially called it quits and then i kind of let my watch run for a while because i thought in my mind that was the other rookie mistake I made early on. It was like the first time I stopped to go to the bathroom, I stopped my watch. Like you would on a normal run or something. And it's like, someone's like, no, you want the running time for the whole race. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. So <laughs> I, I the time. So then when I was calling it quits, I sat there for about 10 minutes with my watch, just running and just sat there and thought, I'm going to get back in this. And I gave my, and then I finally stopped my watch. But when I actually stopped running, I was still at like 7:35 average when I finally was like done running and just started standing there. And, 
then I stood for 10 minutes. So obviously that messed up your average pace a little, but I, I was, I was still thinking big things at 735 per mile. I thought, man, I, I still, but I went through 50 feeling really good. And it was running like 725 per mile. And I thought, man, I, I'm going to, I'm about to rock this thing. And, and, and we're going to, at that point I thought, man, I could run faster than this, you know? So it's so funny how <laughs> miles later, I was dead, but yeah. four miles earlier, I thought, Oh, I can drop some faster times. And I did not I just kept running around seven thirty to eight minute pace, but mm-hmm. in between that range, but it was just, it got hot quick. I mean, I changed Like I told you, I changed the tank top and those 14 miles, I got my shoulders burnt, you know, like mm-hmm. in 14 miles, burnt mm-hmm. shoulders. So it's like, how did I do that? Like, I was like, that's crazy. So, uh, a different ball game, but it's, uh, I learned so much in, in round one that I'm, um, first thing was, was wins round two. Let's go. Like, I'm not going to give up on this. That's awesome. I think that's like where you were mentioning, like, you know, you want this to be some sort of inspiration like that. That is inspirational, I think. And honestly, the fact that you were able to hit 50 miles averaging 725 or whatever, like when I'm going out for my just regular runs and I check the clock and I'm like at 7:30. I'm like, Oh my goodness, Nick did this for 50 miles and I'm trying to do this for four. Like maybe I should step my game up, you know? So that's helpful for me, you know, knowing that, you know, we're the same age and you're still oh. getting after it. Like what's my excuse? Why am I, you know, why am I running so slow? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that slow. You just need to keep going farther, you know? <laughs> No, thank you. Five yeah. Ks are long enough for me. So well, it's funny because I started in high school and I wanted to refuse to run the mile because it was four laps around the track. Let <laughs> <laughs> me run around this track four times, and then I, I can't even remember the time they asked me to do the two mile, and I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And I did it a couple times, but I was like, this is so boring. Eight laps. <laughs> I was laughing about that the other day, and then in college, I was like, you want to try the ten K around the track? I'm like, how many laps is that? Twenty five? No, thanks. I'll pass. I mean, I did it, but it was just like, where where you come from? And that's, I guess, the other fun part is we all start somewhere and we can all end up, you know, you can keep pushing yourself to something different. Like I literally refused to run the two mile when I was in high school because it was two miles. And I thought that was way too far to ever have to run at once for a race. And, you know, that was, you know, that's only 16 years ago. I mean, that's a long time, but still like in 16 years, I went from, I refused to run two miles to, okay, let's try a hundred at once. I mean, that's a big jump. Yeah. Quite a bit. (laughs) Well, shoot, man. Um, are you familiar with the Barkley marathons? Oh yeah. So I did a little research when I, uh, was thinking about doing this. I watched a couple of documentaries on ultras just to see what it was about. I have yeah. no interest in doing the Barkley. Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even like register in my mind of like not knowing exactly what the course is or the exact distance or all it took was for me to watch it and see them get their legs cut up by like, you know, thorn bushes. And I was like, yeah, no, that yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think I could show up to a race and just uh, hope that I can figure out the course. That's my, big <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's not really a race to me. That's like a orienteering or something like whatever they call it. Like I don't, yeah. uh, it's a scavenger hunt. You got to find this book yeah. and then you got to yeah. rip out your page number and wow. I watched oh, it. And by the no. way, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just said, I watched it and I thought, no, thanks. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. First, first lap, you're going to go this way. Then you're going to turn around, do it backwards and then flip it again. And then, you know, if you're the first person after four laps, then you get to pick which direction you want to go. Yeah. That's a real treat. Yeah. Sounds great. (laughs) 
wild animals out here just ready to eat me alive. So honestly, honestly, I, a client of mine, um, turned me on to that and, and said, Kevin, you got to watch this. And I did. And I was very, very intrigued watching it, but there's, I have no interest in doing it at all. Like I, I think it's great that people are out there doing it and they're crazy enough to, you know, to give it a go. But I have, I don't, I'm not even sure I'd want to go and watch. Cause like, it's just so long. Like, yeah. It's well, taking I, days. I said, I wouldn't, this last one I said, we're starting at 5 a.m. If it gets dark, I'm done. Like, I'm not going long. <laughs> now, the next one I'm doing, we'll definitely have to finish in the dark because it'll be in November. So we'll definitely finish when it being dark out. So that'll add a different element, too. But so I'll have to take back that statement for this next one. But I, I can't imagine. Like, I told him, I said, I can't imagine the people that go over 24 hours. I mean, I respect it. But I'm thinking I was like, I'll, I might tap out of like 16 hours and call it a day so I can go home and sleep. Like, I don't mm-hmm. It's just like with marathons. I always respect people that do them. They, people will always ask questions like, well, how do you run them so fast? And I, I respect you more because you can be out there for so long because I have no interest in being out there for that long. Mm-hmm. I just done as fast as I can because I think people confuse the fact that we run with the fact that we enjoy running. I don't necessarily enjoy it. I just, <laughs> I just do it. I don't want to be it's like I'm out there in a, a joy ride and thinking this is this is a blast. I'm out here like, yeah. all right, let's body push my body to the limits so again everyone's got their own reasons they run so that's the beauty of it mine is not for enjoyment i don't actually enjoy the actual the action of running is not an enjoyable experience to me it's just not yeah. I, I always did it to be competitive and i always did it to push my body i, I like the idea of finishing something and knowing you're you you push the limits mm-hmm. but the idea of actually like going for a, a run for for the simple pleasure of running is never registered in my mind ever so I people do and I get it and I respect them but that's not me people always confuse like you ran high school and college cross country so you must like running like no I absolutely do not like the idea of running dude I'm the same way I loved racing I liked running fast I did not like training I didn't like running like I just I didn't want to do it like if I didn't have a team I wouldn't have done it like if I didn't have to run cross country in order to run track in college, I wouldn't have done it because I didn't want to, I didn't want to run further than 5k. And now we're running 8k and 10k. Like, this is stupid. Why do we just double our race distance? Um, yeah, there's very few times where I've physically enjoyed running, just running, not racing. Like most of the time it was the season would end. I'd take a week or two off. And then the week that I'd start back up where like there's no pressure and I could just go to um, like a state park. There's nobody there and I can get off the road. I'm just running trails and like, you know, for five minutes out of a half an hour, I'm like actually enjoying myself. But then I'm like, oh, it's hot or it's cold, depending on when it was. And I'm like, ah, this sucks. Like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah, I'm good at it. I'm decent at it. Like, but I, do I love this? No, I'd rather be, I'd rather be watching TV. I'd rather be napping. Like there's tons of stuff I'd rather be doing. I'd rather be eating food. Um, so I get it. I, I completely understand that sentiment, but there's tons of stuff that we do that we don't enjoy that tend to be good for us. And then there's things that we do that we don't enjoy that are probably awful for us, like running a hundred miles. So probably 
That's you probably can... not good for me. Important <laughs> question, but test, it. test the limits. I think the running, the running part for me is always in fun. It's the, the mental game inside of it. And mm-hmm. Like you said, I never really enjoyed training, but I always trained hard because I wanted to be on race day. I wanted to be one step in front of, you know, whoever I was up against on the line. So, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, teammates and the camaraderie, that stuff always gets you going. And, and every, we were just laughing about this yesterday. I was running with Tony and everything we did was a competition too. I mean, we kept like the, the cross country coach I'm coaching with now at Carrollton said, Oh, you got the warm up king or something kind of making fun of a kid. And I was like, Oh, well we kept medal counts of warm ups when I was at Malone. Like I got a gold medal today. Like we, we, we were always, I mean, it was always, and then he's like, and then you guys did the workout. Oh yeah. We did the workout just fine, but we raced that warm up and we, uh, we made games of everything and it just made it interesting. We were just, we did a tour de France game. We were just talking about the other day. We'd race to stop signs to get the polka dot Jersey, <laughs> race up the, race up the hills to get the green Jersey. And then you'd keep like your total for the week to who had the yellow Jersey for the amount, like your, your average pace for the week. I got the yellow Jersey right now. And then nice. we'd mess with each other, wear stuff that was red, green or yellow and just give each other a hard time about it and be like, Oh, I got the yellow Jersey right now. So <laughs> I don't think we ever like enjoyed the idea of running. We just enjoyed the idea of like beating each other up, you know, and, and pushing mm-hmm. each other and it's fun. That stuff was fun. But like you said, I never was like, Oh, I can't wait. I just can't wait to go for this 10 mile run today. Like I never was like, this is going to, but we did it cause we knew we had to be better for the weekend and, mm-hmm. and we did it cause we each other holding each other accountable, but it was never. And some people do that. They're just like, man, I really enjoy just going out for a run and, and more props to them and respect to them. But that wasn't, uh, that wasn't my style. My style was push the body a little bit, get a good feeling and maybe get some of those endorphins going and then get back and recover as quick as I can so I can do it all over again. But Mm -hmm. I hear that man. When, so when we were in college, it was, uh, it was, we'd always make fun of people who would try to race the warm up. We'd say, wow winner of warm-up like we would wow people if they started speeding up while we were warming up like the whole group there'd be like 10 15 of us guys and we'd all just like especially if it was a freshman like if it was like the first couple weeks of of the season and they're like you know we couldn't do it to daniel roberts obviously because daniel roberts yeah but everyone else if there was a freshman and they'd like you know, while we're warming up, they're like moving up in the pack and they're like, like, dude, we're just warming up. Like, yeah, we'll feel slow or whatever. And they always give some, you know, excuse. And then, uh, they'd start pulling away. And then like in unison, we'd all just, wow. It was always funny, but yeah, I guess that's why Malone was always beating Cedarville. Just the warm up, man. The warm up, the warm up. You guys are slacking on the warm up. That's it. <laughs> Well, we did plenty of stupid stuff. We were talking about the other day. Everything we did was a competition. How much ice cream you could eat, how much food you could consume <laughs> in the cafeteria. How long you could eat a competition. I did once with uh, James Zoic where it was could, could either one of us survive the whole week with only eating cereal for a week. Oh, my God. I was like miles that week, and all I ate was cereal for the week. Uh, <laughs> everything we did was a competition of some sort. So, it, I mean, every it was, it was pretty much just we made all these games up and these rules up, and always were going at each other with it. So it only, it only took time before the warm up became another one of those games, I guess, because I mean, it was, you're right. We, it started the first few years, the, Oh, you want to be warm up King. And to the end of it, it was like, well, I got five gold medals this week from winning five warm ups, And you're like, <laughs> I'm sure that coach Hazen wouldn't be excited about hearing any of this, but 
You know, I don't know how much he knew. He probably knew because we usually come sprinting in at the end of the warm up. Like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> and you try, to, you try to like measure your medals for the week. Like, if one kid took off and he didn't have any medals, you're like, whatever, you can have it today. But then, mm-hmm. you know, the next time you might be like, well, I think that you know Tony's got three medals and I only got two, so I better win this one today. And you kind of strategize, <laughs> strategize in your warm up the whole time. You'd be like, kind of like sitting back until someone made a move, and when someone made a move, it was like go time. So. Mm-hmm. We That's probably hilarious, very, man. Very most of what we did, but everything was a was a competition, so that's what got it yeah. going, I guess. <laughs> man, I'm sure that was super helpful just to keep you motivated to to train intensely, because like there's times where you just, you know, it's way it's easy to just you know just go through the motions, but I think that's one reason, you know, you guys were successful consistently, like year after year, like um, yeah, we just. We'd have good guys on our team, but, you know, I, I wasn't running times like y'all were running times. Like, your whole team was running fast, you know? So, um, yeah, that that competition makes it, honestly, more makes it more fun. It makes it more enjoyable to do that monotonous, unfun, painful stuff sometimes. So Definitely. Shoot, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, it's always good to catch up and uh, brings back lots of memories from from high school, from college, and that's always always fun, always healthy. So, <laughs> Absolutely. but um, yes, best of luck in uh, in training going forward, and hopefully, I'll get those uh, those guests on soon, and they'll be able to hopefully provide you some information that's a little bit better than 20% true, 80% false. Um, we'll see though. We'll see who knows. Uh, they are scientists though. So they, they make their living off of, I think, posting or publishing true things. So, but, um, yeah. Anyway, Nick, thanks again. And, uh, keep training hard and keep us posted on how everything, um, how everything's going. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully we can come back on here after I do the next one and I'll actually have finished it. And then we can talk about what it looks like to finish 100 miles. Yes, yes. I will hold you to that. And if it doesn't happen next time, then we'll then you'll have to do another one. And we'll just we'll just keep doing these episodes till you're till you're finally successful. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Alrighty, y'all. Thanks for watching and listening. And make sure you're following Nick and uh, sending him some some. Uh, some Support and love, and uh, yeah, stay tuned for next week's episode. Adios.